Thank you for listening to this selection from bradhambrick.com. Brad serves as pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina, and is excited to produce resources that equip believers and resource churches to care well for one another in their community. We pray that this serves you well, and we hope that you'll consider utilizing other resources from bradhambrick.com for your personal growth and ministry endeavors. So step eight, uh, persevering uh, over a lifetime. Now, just because we're at step eight in the presentation doesn't mean that you're at step eight in your journey. Uh, But the question that I would ask you at step eight in your journey is, are you enjoying life yet? Because striving without exhausting, without enjoying, is exhausting. And part of overcoming anger is learning to enjoy an imperfect, in-process life. Because if we don't enjoy life until we get it together, we ain't going to enjoy it. At least not this side of heaven. And so we want to be able to enjoy that kind of in-process life. What are some of the distractions that we face? You know, one is, now I can get back to focusing what's important to me. You know, we had to set aside some time to work on this. I can get back to that. It, I would at least raise the caution. Is this us hearing or needing to hear Proverbs 26, 11, that like a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to its folly? Uh, are we returning to those things that led us to unhealthy places? Or is it just a matter of some time freed up and we can engage some hobbies and other things that are beneficial? Uh, I deserve a break. Um, it, if we're getting to this stage and we feel like we need a break, then we're probably viewing God as a grueling taskmaster more than a loving father. Uh, Yet, if you don't ever hear God say rest in your prayer life, you're probably practicing selective listening. One of his top ten commands had to do with Sabbath. And if every time you hear from God, it's saying, do more, do more, do more. That's either not God or highly selective listening. It's not working. Life is hard. I love this picture from C.S. Lewis. He was talking about oftentimes, you know, we think about Christ being perfect and that kind of thing. And he's like, ah, it was easy because he was God. Uh, you know, he had this whole deity advantage that we don't have. And he said, you know, that, that just misses it. Because you... You don't know how strong a stream is until you make it upstream. And and so when Christ was living the perfect life that we should have lived, He made it all the way up to the mouth and full fury of temptation. And, And sometimes when we are walking this road, there's times when it's easier, and there's times when we think it would just be nice to pop off. Uh, and we, we get to that point and we are further upstream and we are having a conversation that's being done productively. Um, and, and it's just, it's not working. It, it, can, it can feel like we're on our last nerve. And that's not failure. And it doesn't mean give up and blow up. Yet, uh, name is still not trusting me. That can be one of those things where we're 
changing for a person more than we're changing for God. Uh, you've got the tyranny, the urgent peace there. There's also the way that victory changes temptation. That when we have done better for a period of time, and then we slip again, and our tongue lets loose, we feel dirtier than we did before. And that sense of shame can cause us just want to give up on the whole thing. If we don't understand uh, that a time period of victory is going to change temptation, it's going to make falling hurt more. But it doesn't mean we're back at day one. Um, sometimes as we begin to grow and have victory, we begin to think that maturity means independence. That, you know, it's kind of like when we were kids and as we got mature, we depended on our parents for less and less. Then when we're young children or young Christians, then we rely on God for a lot. But as we get to be older Christians, then we rely on God less and less so that He can care about the people who really need His help now. Um, and when we begin to think about uh, growth and maturity that way, maturity will make us callous. There's the pressure of new opportunities. And I think maybe anger is a great illustration of this dynamic and temptation. Uh, if we think maybe about the parent who's insecure, and their anger was their way of getting out of any conversation that made them uncomfortable or where they didn't know the answer. And anger was their Heisman Trophy stiff arm. It just got people away. I don't have to deal with anything I don't want to deal with. And they do better with that. And they start to show themselves more trustworthy of meaningful conversation. And their kid's struggling with something. And they come and they say, Can we talk? <laughs> that was everything I was trying to get away from. It's not punishment. It's actually a huge marker of growth, but I'm so uncomfortable this doesn't feel like growth. That's part of the journey. Uh, having answers instead of questions. Uh, if you go through this material in the context of a G4, uh, then once you begin to be kind of a veteran of the group, uh, and you've got a little more progress in your journey, and you're at a further step than some of the folks who are just starting, uh, some of the folks in the room will start to ask you questions. And just because people bring us questions does not mean we are the source of the answers. Uh, but we can tell them about the journey we've been on. And say, hey, this is what it was like for me. Or, you know, that hurdle that you're talking about, my hurdles were different. Let's think about that. Um, but as we see progress, those things come to us. And then this last section here is for... Uh, when you're in a formal setting, whether it be counseling or G4, and you're getting ready to prepare for a transition. Uh, and part of that is if you go through this in G4 or with a counselor, then for some period of time, you're going to be in a highly structured environment. And then as you get ready to graduate, that can be intimidating. Uh, and so it's at this stage in your journey where we say, hey, make sure you're in a small group. Even if for a time period while you were in G4, you set aside a season of your life to work on a life-dominating struggle of sin or suffering, yet as you begin to hit steps 7, 8, 9, this is where I need to be a part of a small group. And I, 
I need to think of accountability on a broader scale. So I give you kind of seven criteria, and in the notebook it explains them further, but that the same kind of structured environment that I've used as I've gone through with people who've gotten to know me really well, and I've seen progress happen in my life because of that, man, wouldn't it be great if we did that in every area of our life? Yes, it would, and that's called small group. Uh, and that's where it that's where we need to be inviting people to do that. And the time period, this is where one of the things that we say in G4 a lot, because sometimes we like, ah, G4, this is thing. Our church needs G4 as much as G4 needs our church. We need people who get brutally honest about hard things in life and then go challenge the rest of the people in our small groups that you can't fake small group. And to say there's a level of authenticity and realness of saying this is where I'm hurting and if we're going to say the gospel is for all of life, then this is part of all of life. Um, Have a plan for future study. Um, you know, you may be one of those people who go through this the first time and then you just ignore the devotions and you kind of don't really go to the Scripture passages. And so at this point, you go back and you actually read those as a way to retrace your steps. Or maybe if you say, I'd really like something that's a good, maybe 2.0 version of this. Uh, There's a similar, it's not a step work uh, study, but it's called Finding Our Confidence, Identity, and Security in Christ. Uh, BradHambry.com slash identity. Uh, that if you just said, as I am looking at what I am running to as much as what I'm running from, uh, that would be a good uh, study. And then have a formal transition plan. Uh, that as you think about transitioning from a, uh, a G4 group or counseling relationship, you're just thinking in your head, not what are the red flags, what are the yellow flags? Because if, <laughs> I'm going to be real honest with you, if you, this is one of those things that it gets said, and I know it's not a big deal, but it's like, ah, people just wouldn't say it. Uh, at the beginning of counseling, you, you ask people, you know, why do you do counseling now? You know, why at this point? Uh, and, and the inevitable answer is some version of, well, before things just weren't that bad. Do you see what you just said there? That you wanted to wait until things got really messy and complicated and that kind of thing. Then I'll reach out for help. It, what we want to learn at this stage of the journey, because we all do that. That's what I did with my whole poison ivy thing, so it's right here. Um, but when we're at this stage of the journey on something like that, we want to start to pay attention to the yellow flags so that we don't get to the red flags.